ElToro.com podcast. ElToro.com podcast. ElToro.com podcast. Stadler and DJ Oz. Thank you for tuning in to the 19th episode of the ElToro.com podcast. I am David Stadler here with my host, Austin Whiteley, a.k.a. DJ Oz. And with us today, we have our first ever repeat guest. <laughs> I, it is standing room only in the studio today, ladies and gentlemen. We have J.K. McKnight in the house. <laughs> so, um, just a little bit of a recap here, ladies and gentlemen. J.K. McKnight is a musician, activist, brewer, and entrepreneur. The founder of a music festival known to contribute over $20 million a year to the local economy. If you haven't heard of it, you're either dead or living under a rock. It was labeled as Bourbon's most important festival by Wall Street Journal best-selling author Fred Minnick. It is Forecastle. But henceforth, if you yell, Captain, to J.K. on the street, he will not answer. No, sir. It is with mixed emotion that I inform you he is stepping down from his present position with Forecastle and AC Entertainment. Say it ain't simple. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a moment here. <clears throat> Don't you cry real too. I'm not crying. You're crying. <sighs> JK has branched out to assist other organizations with his experiences with Man of the Land, the Art of Impact. <laughs> Man of the Land is a firm specializing in the merger of business and philanthropy, experimental marketing, partnerships, and fundraising. Reaching the summit of your potential demands vision and execution. Most do not have the purpose or passion to follow through. For those who do, JK is here to help. And presently, they work with a few organizations that... I, I mean, Austin, have you ever heard of these fools? I've never heard of these uh, people before. Name some off. Maybe, I, maybe I mean, I it's, it, there's one here. It's called At and T. At and T. I'm not. I'm not. No, nah, not familiar with that one. Um, Delta. Delta. Uh, I think they sell cars. Okay, gotcha. I'm pretty sure. Um, PlayStation. Nope. Doseki Beer. Uh, Patagonia. No, uh, it's like a plastic company. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Tito's. That's a Mexican restaurant. I yeah, know for sure. And and I think they misspelled this one. This one was on their website. It said it's Ford, but I think they meant to say Fjord. Oh, Scandinavian company. Yeah, Scandinavia. Yeah. Um, so, in all honesty, man, that's not bad for an organization that launched what thirty days ago, forty five days ago. Well, so that that was. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting too much credit here. Uh, so those were actually the ordi- those were the companies I worked with in the under the Forecastle umbrella. There was uh, about over 350 brands. I actually wanted to list everyone out on the website, <laughs> and that was my plan. Um, and I, I cut it from 350 down to like 75, and then 25, and then my designer just like uh, Rachel Foster just tried to strangle me and said, "I'm doing eight, and you are not putting one more brand on there." Um, but no, I did. I, I worked. Uh, I worked with so many brands, hundreds of them, over fifteen years. Uh, really, on ex- a lot of experiential marketing programs that that centered on the festival platform as a consumer engagement um, channel, medium, et cetera, for them, and really learned how to 
you know how to you know the secret sauce there kind of the, the art of impact you know Ooh. from from those experiences and then you know evolved into a larger space you know outside the music umbrella uh, to be working with brands on their social impact strategy which is what I'm doing now so Sick I tra- one-liner, bro. so I, I <laughs> you're right I, it's a, I've traded my, the, the sea legs for the land legs <clears throat> We'll dig it, man. There we're, you go. We're looking forward to what you guys are putting out here in the next couple of My years. wife came up with that, by the way. I can't take credit for it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, That's you better good. give her credit yeah. for that one. Yeah. Too. We're wife-friendly here. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. we are. Credit. So today, we are sipping on a little bit of juice. Uh, we could not, in good conscience, bring a guest in here and not offer them adequate libation. Especially mm-hmm. one as knowledgeable <clears throat> on bourbon as JK. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, JK, if you want to do tasting notes for what we're drinking today, you're welcome to it. Yeah. Um, however, I do have some that are prepared. Uh, but we today we are you, drinking George T. Stagg Jr. Shout out to my buddy Chris Hallahan. Buffalo Trace. I think that deserves a free delivery. Oh my gosh. Yep. I mean, when you. Had to give him plug there. I mean, normally we charge people what, Austin? $10,000, $15,000 a spot for dropping names? At least $11. (laughs) Okay, $11. All right. So uh, a little bit less than what I thought. That's okay, though. You know, going rates, supply, demand. Maybe we could have your buddy come by and do a podcast with us one time. Chris has a nice little secret labyrinth that I've been in that has a lot more than Stag Jr., so I think access into that labyrinth will be... You know, called, get, what was the word you used? Rapaza. He does this thing where he uses these words, and then I'll <laughs> try to say the word. I, I can't say repository. It. Repository. No, repo- re- no. It was really no. good. Was you may have just made I it no up. Dude, yeah, I, think dude, I, I, I make up words as I go along. See, that's what's great about bourbon. Bourbon allows you <laughs> to make up words on the spot. I mean, Shakespeare did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you want to yeah. be a game changer, drive your own path. That's all yep. I'm saying. Yep. Dig it. Bootylicious is now in the dictionary. Beyonce, innovator. Really? Yes. I created the term geolocative. No, that's not a word. I don't approve of it. It's totally a word now. Geolocale was created by somebody else. Yeah, but I made a new one up. No, you ripped them off, dude. Dick. You can't just put... No. No. (laughs) Anywho. Anywho. Let's talk about George T. Stagg Jr. Um, when When I smell this... I kind of smell a little bit more of the rye content. Mm-hmm. I smell an F ton of wood. And then mm-hmm. I smell some spice and I smell some more wood. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what I want in the smell. Wood. Hey. Yep. For you, sure. I mean, yep. if you've ever gone into somebody's shop that's like working with fine woods and, you know, creating furniture or I don't know, whatever else a little you do b- with wood. Babinga. Yeah, I mean that that shit smells good. Mm-hmm. Well, if, you, if you like the wood, then um Rock Hill Farms, which I believe is the same mash build as Buffalo Trace. If I'm wrong, I know I'm going to get a bunch of texts mm. them, them afterwards. But I'm pretty sure it's it's the same mash build. And maybe Blanton's is all the same. Mash build, Blanton's, Buffalo Trace, and Rock Hill. I could have that off. But um, um, but I all three of those are some of my favorite. I mean, well, ma- maximum for that reason, could, maximum he could get twelve texts straight up. Well, I mean, if you are fact checking J.K. McKnight on this podcast, we will list his personal cell phone number in the notes. Uh, what's what's your home address here. again? <laughs> it's unlisted now. So, <laughs> as of right now, I mean, when you when you when you said I on used this, uh, and only half joking, I used to get people that would 
drop off recordings and, and notes and, and things all the time. Did you tell him you weren't uh, a music producer? Got, I, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> JK knows you know. people. He doesn't. He's worked with 350 <laughs> brands. <laughs> it's like I work with brands now, not bands. <laughs> Send me brand stuff. Send me <laughs> bottles of Please. <laughs> you know. When you taste this, guys uh, and gals, um, I taste it's so spicy. It's such a spicy bourbon spice when you bomb. get it yeah. when it's not great. It, and if you've had Stag Senior, it is it is this even elevated up to the next for sure level. Because what is this? This is aged like eight years, and then the the Stag, uh, yeah, Stag Senior, I believe, is it's ten, fifteen to seventeen. I, I was I reading it's that a, it's today. Fifteen, yeah, I think it's, yeah, right. I think it, it's fifteen on. Fifteen-year unfiltered Buffalo Trace, and I bet you Stag Junior is probably like ten. Nice. Well, like they're both amazing bottles of sauce. I enjoy this bourbon immensely. I enjoy George T. Stag even more. Another story. I just thought of a Stag story. Dig it, man. Bring it. it. So my dad's company actually built Buffalo Trace's website back in the. 1900s, maybe. <laughs> going back too far? Maybe it was early 2000s. Love with but, uh, Late as, 20th as century. It's part of the deal they got to pick, uh, and this is via studio I'm talking about, um, they got to pick a single barrel of Buffalo Trace, and it was a 15-year single barrel, 100-proof Buffalo Trace, basically stag. And... Um, I never had a clue. I just knew it was like the best Buffalo Trace I've ever had in my life. And had I known then what I know now, I would have hoarded, you know, <laughs> what the 45 cases that come out of a barrel, I would have hoarded, you know, at least half a dozen so in it, my it's basement. Gone? I, have, I have one bottle left. It's basically George T. Stagg. It's, it's, it's un- it, maybe it was taken down to 100 proof, but it might not have been. Um, but it is uh, it, it's it's truth serum. It's now, what I call it. it's truth serum. Now you have a thirty three yeah. year old bottle of juice. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, well, when are you popping it open? Yeah. Or is it, is it popped open? It's just it's somewhat. not popped. There's there's still probably a couple bottles at his house that are open, but I have one unopened mm-hmm. bottle. But I wish I could go back in time and uh, grab a couple cases of that because it's it's incredible. I just don't know how it was proofed. I, I can't remember if it was unfiltered at cast strength or if it was actually I want to say it might have been dialed back to 100 proof but it doesn't matter it, it's fantastic either yeah. way I mean hell most of the time when you cut this kind of stuff with a little bit of water I mean you're dialing it back yeah, a couple of points anyway so, yeah I mean and that's, <laughs> it opens that's, it up you know that's one of the things about Stag Jr. I think mixing it with a little bit of water is of paramount importance I agree you know or else the spice just overpowers what you're tasting yeah but opens it up all those oils and tannins come out it's yeah great. this stuff is hot Hot, yep. hot, and it finishes that way too. The visual that always comes in my mind when I think of George T. Stag is like, you know, my father-in-law like coming off the farm late at night with like his rifle over his shoulder and like an animal pelt on his back and sitting by a fire and thinking, what, you know, full moon out, cool fall night. He's, he's cooking What's, a can of beans. Yeah, put something over the fire. What bottle are you going to pour out? You know, you, and. To me, it's it's George T. Stack. Definitely that, a well marketed, well labeled. That to bottle. me, you know, there you go. I just gave him a great. There's a great I mean, market. It's got a 13 point rack yeah. on there. I need to put some firewood crackling and sizzling Should in I, the background. I'm sorry, I just forgot. You're right. It, it's even on the front of the bottle. Hell I did. Yeah. I did not even notice that. You know who would be a good spokesperson wow. for that? 
Bo Jackson. You know, he, he actually, and this yeah, is a bow and arrow, story. Yeah, no. Bow, yeah. He's a Not de- at all. avid deer hunter. Yeah. Avid yeah. deer hunter. He makes his no. own arrows. What's, in his what's the uh, the bar owner or bar manager in Roadhouse? Sam, Sam, Sam. Sam Elliott. Perfect. Is that is that who it is? Yeah. No, no, no. Sam Elliott was the. No, uh, that's it. Sam Elliott. Is it Sam Elliott? Yeah. Damn. Be perfect, dude. Damn, I'm good. I'm yeah. good at this shit. Like pretending to be Wyatt Earp. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Lock it in, dude. There you dude, go. Lock it in. <laughs> All right. Now that we've done, uh, we we've already spoken about our one Roadhouse reference <laughs> for the podcast. It's we a can quota. move on to legitimate content. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. So, we're gonna edit all that out. Cut it in half. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what makes the cut. No one wants to listen to me talk about ramble about bourbon for twenty minutes. Maybe our customers do, and maybe our listeners do. Could be. The people in this office would. I know that. <laughs> Guarantee it. Guarantee yeah. it. Like when I edit these podcasts, I have yeah. so much power within this there click finger. Oh man! <laughs> Woo! Coursing through my veins. There you go. You're still with Forecastle Foundation. You left that, but now you're now mm-hmm. you're doing uh, Man of the Land. Yep. But what the hell are you doing? Why would you leave that job? You are the captain. That's a sweet, cushy job. Best effing title you could have. It, it is, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think it just goes back to kind of the entrepreneurial mindset. You know, it's like a, you, you you climb the mountain, all right, and you, and you sit, and sit up there, and it's it's a beautiful view, but it's uh, it, it's it's a little isolating at times, but it's it's incredible. But at some point, you want to climb down the damn mountain again, and you want to climb back up a new one. You know, so I think that's. That's kind of at the point I was, and I just, um, you know, it, it kind of all comes back to impact. That's why I started the festival to begin with. It had a, you know, forecastle. Uh, someone made a note the other day that it was like a, it was a gen, it was a Gen Z uh, minded festival when Gen Z was in diapers. You know, at that time, it's true. Perfect quote. Um, yeah, and, and it just, I think after seventeen years of, you know. Being in being in that space and having worn every single hat that there is to wear, I just started asking myself, you know, well, how how can I even have more impact? And, and in my mind, it was stepping outside the entertainment uh, space and and actually working with uh, brands across you know dozens of different industry sectors all over the world that are trying to have a social conscious that want to have social impact, but don't really know how to do it. Don't know what's going to be effective. Don't know what's going to feel and be you know real and authentic and meaningful to their customers and and i was starting to get approached by a lot of you know those 350 brands i mentioned on the website about you know helping them on a larger level so it just kind of clicked in my head that this was the next evolution uh to do for myself was was to um create an agency that that focused on that merger of business and philanthropy experiential marketing partnerships fundraising and not only did I design these experiential marketing programs for years and years of some of the top companies in the world, um, but I'd also, you know, built a, a, a for-profit company and built a nonprofit company. So I have I have a very interesting lens into how the inner workings, you know, the real guts of those, um, <coughs> of those, you know, different um, endeavors work. So I, I can I know how to piece them together. I feel like better than than anyone. And um, and I think we're at a time when the world needs that. You know, we need we need businesses, we need private sector to um, you know step up and uh, I don't want to say be more responsible, but just be more in tune with having a greater sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. I would say. 
for not only their current customers but for future generations of customers too. So that was is that's like, beautiful. Damn. Yeah. Well, and, and the all other, right, we're done. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and the other, you know, and the other part of it too it was was really just you know. So that's just one half. The other half was just. Oh, there's kind of, more. Oh, there's more. Oh yeah. Do tell. You know, the other half was just you know, it was. The other half was entrepreneurial training and mentoring. Um, I've been through every phase of entrepreneurship from I, you know idea to acquisition, and uh, I felt like I could step into a lot of young entrepreneurs' businesses and help them navigate the nuances, no matter what phase they're in, they're a startup or they're, you know, they've uh, scaled to a level where you know they're looking at you know wanting to do a transaction and, and do something else. Um, I've been through all that, so I, I know how to kind of help them through that. So I'm going to stop you right there. So we talked about 350 huge brands like, you know, your Fjords, <laughs> Scandinavian <laughs> company, <laughs> uh, things like that. Right. But what are you doing for the, the average Joe, the initial startup that has a great idea and they, I mean, they have a, a great purpose and they can't get to the next level? Well, it's it's 1% vision and 99% execution Okay, is what I always say. So. When you're in that early startup phase, it's it's you know it's it's messy, you know, and I'm someone that that can kind of see beyond the messiness to to what it actually could be, and it you know it's important that you know we, we live in a society in a, in a time where you know people are always you know they're very big into ideas and they love sharing ideas socially and and things go viral and they you know next you know they're on TED talks and, <laughs> and et cetera, but you know I'm not. I'm not as big into, into vision as I am into the actual nuts and bolts of the execution of the business, because I think as as Warren Buffett may have said once, um, you know, he's seen um, really great, incredible blue ocean business ideas go absolutely nowhere under mediocre leadership, and he's seen very mediocre businesses sustain themselves over a very long period of time under elite leadership. So. Uh, I've always kind of lived by that. I, I believe that the, um, um, you know, really the heart of any business is is in is is the heart of the entrepreneur and, and their purpose and their passion and their ability to stick with something, uh, and be able to wear a lot of different hats. Not a lot of people can, but I think that's an important trait too. So, you know, getting in on the early side of it and being able to to just give them a vision of where this thing could be, and then and then the roadmap. Uh, to help get there is is really beneficial. Well, I've read something about some kind of oyster knife. Somebody's killing oysters with oh. knives or something. <laughs> oyster and Casey, yeah. So uh, one of the companies I've been consulting is a company called Toadfish in Charleston, <laughs> South Carolina. And, Excellent and this is, name. And this is kind I of, love yeah, it. This is kind of actually the model entrepreneur in my mind, the, the type of entrepreneur that I really want to work with. Uh, Casey grew up in South Carolina and saw very quickly from having a family in the oyster business that the city of Charleston was extracting about three times the amount of oysters from its harbor as it was replenishing. It was a completely unsustainable model. Nobody was doing anything. Those bastards. Yeah, no one was doing anything. Uh, so, uh, you know, so he thought, well, you know what, I'm going to start a business that's going to replenish these, and I'm going to create, like, the most ergonomic 
stylish. I call it, it's almost like the Sonos of oysters. I feel, oh. I feel like they're very stylish and beautiful. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of trailer park trash. Do I don't even know yes. what Sonos is? You guys are living in the future. The Sonos is fancy speakers. Oh, they're not quite definitive technology. They are not definitive technology quality, but Sonos. I mean, if you're looking for a wireless setup in your house, that's pretty much it's the go-to. The best. Yeah. Um, Full disclosure, my technology. brother-in-law is the head of global music for Sonos. So Sorry. To say that. Sorry to your brother-in-law. <laughs> I mean, Sonos uh, doesn't sponsor us. <laughs> but they could. But they could. They never will. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, so Casey saw an opportunity, jumped in, and, you know, his company has only been around for about a year, but is scaling very fast. Uh, Casey's an incredible designer and engineer, great marketing brain. You know, has has, um, has that rare quality of having uh, both the head and the heart, you know, that I think it takes to be successful in any business. And and he's doing it for the right reasons. You know, if you ask him why he does it, it has nothing to do really with, you know, uh, you know, creating necessarily wealth for himself and his family, but it, it has to do with preserving the coastal lifestyle that he loves and he wants to see continue on for, for his, his daughter. Uh, so that that's something you know that that to me is a model of um, you know the type of entrepreneur that that I really really uh, enjoy uh, working for, and um, and he's again he's been doing great and and you know I think if you you know if you do the right things you know for the right reasons um, you know a lot of times the economics can take care of themselves. Yeah, that's an awesome business model though. Like I'm I'm going to develop <coughs> this product to help kill this and eat this thing yet also replenish it hey exactly i mean it's it it, It works it works yeah Yeah, it works it's gonna happen anyway and it's really what this whole agency is about it's about you know every company can do something like that i mean in the united states we have more nonprofits than any other country in the world and i have a pretty good gauge of what that landscape looks like and if you take you know the right nonprofit, combine it with the right business, and then you're really, really creative and imaginative on what the partnership looks like, um, it can create exponential value and benefit for both parties uh, from a place that's you know often overlooked. You know, it's just a lot of people. The old way of thinking is that it's well, we're doing this because it's a feel-good thing, or just we're doing it for tax purposes, or whatever it might be. Um, but the new thinking and the new model is that no, we're we're doing this because you know it, first off it's the right thing to do, all right, yeah. and then second off it, it's it's going to help us sustain an audience for the next forty years because you know Gen Z I think by twenty twenty is is going to be about forty percent of of the consumer base out there mm-hmm. and they care mm-hmm. about this stuff you know they wear it on they wear it like a badge on their on their sleeve and you know millennials kind of planted the seed and now Gen Z's kind of taken it up a notch so. Brands are becoming more and more aware of this. They they're aware of it, but they just don't know really what to do about it. And and that's kind of where I come in. Before, before we get too deep, deep in the weeds, because I love. I thought this we're stuff. deep right now. I'll, no, 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 oh, no, we're not even there. We're not there. deep. We're yeah. right now, like a third of the way down. We haven't hit <laughs> bedrock yet. So I'll probably cut this part All out. Right. But I was totally. I was in. A, I was in a PhD program for entrepreneurship, and my 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 thing Fantastic. was my social entrepreneurship. So when you yeah, I don't believe that though, you can teach entrepreneurship. Ooh! Oh, you sick. Go that? I'm joking. Hot I, takes. I believe. I'm joking. I, I just knew that would that would you know. Oh yeah. It's, 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 it, it, is a very, it is a very good debate. I was asked that question very seriously by a friend of mine who ran a social entrepreneurship uh, program for university, 
and I remember he asked me about that. And it's actually it's actually a very good debate. You know, can is it you know is it is it just ingrained? Can it really be taught? You know, can it, you know can you? It's a it's I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I mean, I'll allow anybody to be wrong, but before we get into this, I know we got into <laughs> a little bit. We got we got you know promote this man of the land website. Please do. Excellent. Smooth on mobile. Check it out. Check mm. it out. Manoftheland.org. <laughs> yeah, dot .org. My bad. My bad. My bad. Or yeah. jkmcknight.com. It's the same place. Ooh. Ooh. Redirect. Ooh. There's something new. I haven't said that out loud. Yet. Exclusive. Exclusive. Redirect and stealth mode. Hey, did you, did you register that <laughs> off the open registrar, or did you have to buy that in the aftermarket? The JK? JKMcknight.com. I've had actually had that since... Probably 2008 or so. How'd you procure the domain? I think through Dotster. Off the Reg. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think so. Since transferred it. But yeah, I've had it for a long, long time. I wasn't able to get a hold of mandaland.com, but I think .org is actually more in line with the mission of the agency. So I think it's fine. We were actually talking to some subject matter experts um, in the sustainability field earlier today and earlier this week and you know and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast but they were actually more interested in dot orgs mm-hmm. as opposed to dot coms as well interesting uh, just due to the trust associated with that oh. top level extension authenticity didn't know everything. that thing mm-hmm. so i mean can't fake it no you say you can't fake it till you make it <laughs> I've been told this a lot of times downtown. And I, just, I, I try downtown. <laughs> downtown. Anyway, if you go to this, go to the site manoftheland.org or jkmcknight.com. On your site, you'll find quotes from mayors, from senators, Gil Holland, which is a community builder. I didn't know that was a title, but it is. One day we can aspire to be like that. Gil but Holland but is most importantly, <laughs> the former president of KFC. Sick. Big, big deal. Big deal. I mean, even periodicals include Rolling Stone, New York Times, Men's Fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Getting fit. Southern Living. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> there, there are other names before that, <laughs> sir. I mean, the website, I mean, to fully establish the credibility of J.K. McKnight and Man of the Land. Starts to list a portion of just a portion because we had to scale this down. Yeah, this is this is nuts. Of your accolades, global visionary, and, world world affairs council. Go ahead, Stanley. Well, I, I mean, you know, and there's there's a couple more on there, but I'm not going to fill up this podcast with that kind of shit. But we then get to Irish person of the year by the ancient, and I don't know if I should be using my quote fingers here or not. Order of Hibernians, hibernarians, hibern. Well, first off, I don't even, I don't see race. I just don't see race. No, I don't either. I don't either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, gosh. But I'm, I I don't know about you. I'm not familiar with this organization, Mm -mm. but if you could take me through this, this rigorous selection process. For this prestigious award. Yeah. That'd be wicked awesome. Well, um. (laughs) Best damn potato grower in Louisville. I had to. Bribe some city officials um, to uh, lead the parade with my four-year-old corgi in my hand because I just thought that was cute. <laughs> I really wanted to be that guy. You're the last person. The guy I that carries around his corgi. Yeah, so that's that was the vision. And I just had, I worked back. I back ended into it. 
because that's <laughs> what I wanted to do. I said, how do you be that person? I see that person in the parade. How do I be that person? I feel, oh, I got to be named Irish Person of the Year. So oh. I lobbied very heavily. <laughs> you know, my family's from the Bushmills area in Northern Ireland, so I actually have you know have a little line on some patty whiskey, you know, so I had to – had to, you know, you have the goods for bribery. Yeah, I had, had to grease the wheels, you know, <laughs> and I did that. And uh, what do you know? My name popped up in nomination and uh, got it. And uh, I like to think the Academy yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is one of my more prestigious um, uh, accolades there. Uh, I, and I'm not make, I you know I I've, I made a lot of that up, but I did get to lead the parade with my corgi. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much everything. In, right in, there. in, cool. in a chariot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's pictures of this. Drawn there. by <laughs> horse drawn. Ooh. Uh, yeah. That's when yeah. you know you've made it. When you're yeah. sniffing a horse's fart there all day. You go. <laughs> there you go. They have a bag to catch. Hundreds it. of thousands yeah, of people classy. throwing beads at us. It was great. Sick. Give yeah. them a show. Yeah. You gave them a show, didn't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. Man, if I could just live in your shoes one day, you have all <laughs> this power, all these Gosh. contacts, this roll, huge Rolodex. The St. Patrick's Day Parade is his domain. Yeah. <laughs> or at least it was at one given time. All right, back on the rails, back on the rails. Yep. Gosh. So this comes up a lot, uh, both with sustainability and just the current landscape, and also on your website. But it mentions this triple bottom line. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about triple the money, right? Dollar, dollar bills, baby. <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, triple bottom line is probably not the word to use. I, I you know, I, I guess I wasn't very imaginative that day. I probably should have come up with a with a, a more futuristic term, but I wanted something that people understood. Don't shoot uh, yourself down, dude. You I always know. rock like three BL or something. <laughs> you were Irish person of the year. I know, right? Well, you know, I should just made up a word, is what I'm trying to say. You know, just uh-huh. like David did right before you know this whole podcast, he just made up a great word that I'm going to start using. <laughs> Bootylicious, you know? but nobody can remember Here's that the word. Thing about so that, matter. if if you make up a word and enough people start saying it, then it, it you know does it become how, how do you, yeah. who do you have to lobby to become a word like how does that how does that the work? international organization of shakespeare right or beyond i've got Beyonce. uh i've got merriam webster on <laughs> speed dial so oxford all day there oxford. You go. Uh, oh you're smarter than me mm-hmm. though i mean i, I mean there is new words <laughs> being developed right i mean why why wouldn't there be why 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 was words i go to the laboratory <laughs> every day i'm a wordsmith yeah. I give Stadler his words. It's going yeah. to you take can... progressive <laughs> thought leaders like ourselves to expand <laughs> the English language into what it could be. Can you trademark words? That's all I want to know. Can I license words that I've just taken from you? Maybe that could be a business right I there. I feel like we should end this conversation right now. You know? Right now. I've gotten real uncomfortable. I'm, I'm getting ready to give him some gold it, here it, it later. You could give back to the to the to the soon to be announced El Toro Foundation. Now I feel better about go. it. Now I feel better. There you go. <laughs> For those bulls, those poor bulls in <laughs> That's right. Pamplona. But, I mean, you know, this this triple bottom line stuff where, you know, it incorporates the notion of sustainability into business decisions. It's not a totally new concept, but it seems to be gaining a ton of momentum right now. Mm-hmm. You know, one among businesses, but you kind of see the world of academia following suit and I, I don't mean to speak ill of higher education as it generally you know it, it's following suit as it generally does the cutting edge of knowledge why is this a thing well it, it is not a novel idea as you said but to do it effectively 
and creatively and methodically and immersively is. And that's kind of what I focus on. So it's been around for a long time. And, and some brands really kind of pioneered. I mean, Patagonia, Sierra Nevada, I mean, look at some of those brands. They, you know, they're still leaders, you know, in, in doing this. And in uh, and, and the world and all of us are, are much better for it. Um, but you're right. We're at a time now when the rest of the world is kind of – is catching up to that being you know largely driven by young millennials and gen z and their uh purchasing habits but it's uh you know it's 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 not again novel to be in a conference room and decide we need to do this but there's a big 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 gap between deciding to do it and actually doing it right and i've seen it done completely wrong um many times do tell and i've seen um I'm not going to tell actors. Oh, that. yeah. Because I, I, I could be handed a cease names, and desist from some, some very, very I mean, large corporations that I worked with. Who has a cease and desist? Yeah, I mean, come on. As long as it uh, doesn't uh, come from the Coca-Cola yeah, what, not, not cease and desist. What is it called? Uh, um, uh, what is it? Slant. My slant, nine-year-old brings yeah. me cease and desist. <laughs> every, every, I, think yeah. I think it's cease and desist, man. Yeah, I think that's definitely yeah. it. Shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've seen it. Again, I've seen it done really bad and i've seen how it, when you do it wrong which it's it's the thing is about it is it's, it's very easy to do it wrong well, to do it wrong is actually the default state okay to do it right really takes a lot of work and creativity and, and you know to be honest not a lot of brands um are willing to spend the time energy you know effort to to do that so Having seen it done both ways, uh, and been made, you know mostly involved on the successful uh, stuff, uh, you know a couple of situations got kind of forced into and had to had to try to make it the best I could. Um, you know, I, I know I know that art of impact. I know how to do it. That's why I named the agency that. You know, and, and it's it's again, I think it does take a, a a special kind of person to be able an outside party to be able to look in understand the key values and, and what a brand's trying to accomplish and be able to pair that with the right mission, the right philanthropic partner. And then that's just the first step. And the second step, you know, the, the real secret sauce is coming up with the partnership. And uh, and there's so many different ways you can do that. Um, but I feel like the ways that I've done it, which have really been focused on experiential marketing, uh, have, have been the most effective. I mean, how come I can't just be like Coca-Cola? And just pretty much rape a land of all their water, or Hershey's, as a matter of fact. They don't sponsor us, but Coke is delicious. You know, it's crisp. I don't it's want either of them to sponsor us, to be um, totally honest with you. It's pretty tasty. Anyway, but <laughs> how come they can't just take all this water and then and then start to save water and say that they're becoming efficient, slap a green label on the can, name it life, and just be good? How come that doesn't work? Well, for one thing... Saying it is not always the best method of action. Okay, so that there's a, there's an art in that in how you say it without saying it. You Ooh, know, but how will they know? They go. Well, you know, there's, there's there's a great brand I worked with 15 years called Red Bull that does a lot of things without really overtly uh, saying it, and, and you know they're. Uh, that you know that company's culture and, and what they've done in the experiential space is, is still you know admired by by everybody um, but it's you know but you don't see you didn't for a long time you know, see advertising and see a lot of 
you know, someone with a loudspeaker blowing it in your ear, you know, and then there's a way not to do it, uh, as I've said. And, and uh, if you don't do it the right way, it, it really has the opposite effect of what you want it to have. Like naked juice? we're talking about bpa free plastic oh you mean the thing that plastic has to be now to have food grade stuff in it no 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 no, no, no. you're talking about lead free paint i'm talking about bpa oh see i didn't realize that bpa was something that was keeping bpas out of your plastic was optional these days i just thought it was um i know a lot about bpa and i know a lot about lead too. All, you all mean wall candy? Wall candy. <laughs> Why do they make it so tasty? Oh my gosh, wall candy! All right, back on the there rails, guys. Back on the rails. Back on the rails here. Uh, so uh, you know this this triple bottom line approach, this this social, ecological, and financial approach to building a business, and in the consulting that exists around that. You know, where do you see the most opportunity um, in this? I mean, I I feel like I try to keep my ear to the ground relatively well, but we all inevitably Mm -hmm. end up with blinders on. But where do you see that opportunity really coming? Where do you see this new direction businesses are taking kind of evolving? Yeah, I I think it spreads itself across all industry segments, but I I really feel like lifestyle brands are going to lead the way in this. Um, They already have. Uh, You know, I've already cited a couple brands that have have done a tremendous amount of work in, in pioneering the model to begin with. But I do feel like that you know consumer-facing lifestyle brands have the biggest opportunity to rise the tide, so to speak, sure. in, in, in this whole this whole movement. But I, I think it'll catch on, you know, far far beyond that. I, I think those companies will lead the way, um, and, and just because I think their consumers are naturally more socially conscious, and I think those brands can also look back to the pioneering companies within their segment, uh, it is a way to start. You know, whereas I think some industry segments, it's a little more, you got to get a little more creative. You get, it's a little more difficult to figure out how to, to do that effectively. Um, but that said, you know, eventually all of it, in my opinion, will go this route. I, I really believe sure. that. In a big, you know, big watershed moment <coughs> for me, last year a New York Times article came out, and it was the, the CEO of, uh, of BlackRock, this, you know, $6 trillion yeah. investment firm, and <laughs> basically, you know, made a you know, made a big, bold statement and said, you know, all of our portfolio companies are going to risk losing our support if they don't have a social impact strategy. Sure. And that was actually one of many things that that uh, convinced me that now was the time to, to take the leap to do this. For sure. And, yeah. I mean, you know, I think I, I read another statistic in one of the articles that was talking about you. It's, it's somewhere around, like, 50-some-odd percent of Gen Z you know, buys a product mm-hmm. or, or, or considers, you know, that social affiliation or that ecological affiliation right. in their purchasing purchase or their, their purchasing process. Good God, how much bourbon have we had? <laughs> uh, and then, you know, another 60 some odd percent of folks mm-hmm. would rather 67. not 67 yeah. percent don't buy a product. Get yeah, your facts right. Yeah. I, gosh. No, I, I think that's I think it's a really good point. I, I don't think brands are going to be able to sit on the sideline on this. I, I don't. I, I think um, I, I think most of them are on the sideline right now. They're feeling pressure to get off the sideline. I'm gonna watch and wait a little you bit know? longer. They, they are. They we'll are. See how this but concept eventually, shakes out. Eventually, they're all going to be on the playing field. Uh, and the ones that get there early, to me, are going to reap the most benefits 
versus the ones who just follow everyone else because they, they don't want to, but they feel like they have to. Ah. Uh. There you go. Man, what a I'm full of good sound bites. Damn. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you oh. got it going today. I want whatever junior, kind of man. vitamins you had. Nah, I took about five of them. Hey, he was drinking some yerba mate. I was. Yerba mate. Love yerba mate. That's been a great partnership. <laughs> Us and Patagonia, sponsor reserve for them on the Paris. Oh, no way. So Patagonia is a border. It's a, uh, it's a B Corp. Benefit Corporation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now legal in Kentucky. Yep. We have a couple. Mm-hmm. You see any impact with that coming up, or I mean, yeah, should they look actually, into it? There's a group called Canopy out there right now in um, in in Louisville, actually here. That's that's working on that model of of B Corps all across the state. I think it's great. I think it's again. I think they're ahead of it, and um, eventually everyone's going to get off the sideline and be out there on the playing field. So uh, it's exciting to see. I mean, you got you got to get ready for the for the hemp. Quotation marks, hemp industry hemp coming industry. through. It's funny you said that because I think there's a canopy too in Canada that's like the largest. Uh, they have the most land. I think they, Constellation bought a big chunk of them recently, but they have the most land for growing. Um, growing it's like what, one, JK? It's like one of the hottest stocks out there, I've been told. Yeah. So. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think there's any wouldn't connection. Know. Yeah, wouldn't know. Yeah, wouldn't know. Wouldn't know about that devil's grass. Nah, man. I wouldn't know what to do wouldn't with them. Wouldn't know about investing in well, that kind of stuff. What's something that some of these smaller mm. um, you know, entrepreneurs or organizations, they can do that's actually authentic to, to give back, to get in that space? It's a great question. Well, I, I think it, it, it starts with just their core brand values. You know, why do you do what you do? You know, so if you look at Casey and we talked about Toadfish, I mean, he does everything that he does every single day to preserve that coastal lifestyle that he grew up with. That he watched his his you know fathers and grandfathers you know do, and and he wants to see the same opportunities for his daughter and and for for future generations. Um, so you know, I, I think for for young entrepreneurs, you know, it, it the easy the easy the kind of default answer that someone would say is that well, we're we're not ready yet. You know, we're not we're not there yet. We're not. Uh, I hear that a lot. That you know, we're just you know we're in survival mode, and then we you know we'll we'll get there. Um, and that is true uh, to an extent. But again, I, I think if you if you do it right, and you you you're able to partner uh, with organizations that reinforce your brand values that reinforce who you are it, it it creates exponential benefit you know for both parties and you know it's it is a one plus one equals four model when it's done right and, and again it can be done very wrong and I've, I've seen it done very wrong and i felt like i need to get in this space because i know how to do it right i've done it over and over and over again and can talk about all those kind of case studies um but uh, but I, I do think at an early seed stage, a, a young business can have a meaningful impact, and it just it doesn't have to just be money. I mean, that's part of my, you know, the, the secret sauce here too. It's not just money; it can be through marketing. You know, I've, I have a foundation. We don't contribute, you know, the most amount of money out there to other environmental foundations do, but you know, we do contribute a lot more than just about everyone on on the marketing side. Because I've been able to figure out a way to take my, you know, Forecastle Foundation and be able to uh, amplify the message of our partners, whether they be in Argentina or Belize or Indonesia or Eastern Kentucky, amplify that through our for-profit channels. Forecastle being, you know, the main one, 
and you know reach hundreds of thousands of people instantly that those organizations could never dream to to reach i mean some of these organizations the, the group we're working with in belize you know, I mean, she, Belize has you know one helicopter, you know, for the whole country. <laughs> I mean, they don't have. I'm serious, uh, like they don't. Take you like, out to like, came back. You know, it, you know, it's a. Uh, we're able to shine a light on you know this organization and the incredible work they're doing uh, down there through the through the country. Um, that you know, just it, it it the value of that is 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 incredible. They they have no way to reach. You know all those people. It, it, not only just those people. It, it's a demographic that cares. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the group's called FCD, and they're doing um, Friends for Conservation Development. Police. They're doing incredible work to preserve the largest, the largest intact old growth forest left in the country. So it's and kind fending of- it off from Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> That's so what we're doing. We're really just arming the rebels here, and just uh, <laughs> got a pipeline of arms. Everyone who's donated the foundation, you know, that's all. You know, just your money running just, guns, that's just JK. running guns, man. That's J.K. All, McKnight, that's, yeah, Lord of my War. My big secret, man. There's the uh, Lord, <laughs> Lord of War. Man, we got a little dark there. Dude, we did. Let's man. flip it. Let's let's talk about some of these Ooh. case studies. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of wanted to hit on. He know, wants you, to go back into that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about selling guns here. Um, let's talk about helicopters and old. British <laughs> military bases in Belize, and well, you, uh, s- you sell guns yeah. to buy drugs to make more profit. That's the real. Now you're hitting. Yeah, you can't, we can't talk line. about the secret That's sauce. The pater, yeah, baby. You're actually going into the secret sauce. But, there. No, can't talk about. That. You talked about how like uh, companies. You know, you you mentioned earlier. You know, they're just doing it to avoid taxes, or they're just money grabbing a portion and, of the proceeds. You know, go and, to. and a lot of that is you know it's it's through your action. It's through yeah. your action in a day-to-day. It's through by life. your example, absolutely. But what about an organization that you know needs to change course? Somebody that's been, or some organization that's been running a course for profit um, for years and years and years, and now they need to kind of change that. Starbucks, um, we're looking at you, and, and they want to make <laughs> a social and they want to make an environmental impact. I mean, what about those established brands to make it look well, like they're not? Money so here, grabbing? here's one. Okay, so this this is more. Th- theory, because um, I'm not going to cite a certain company because I don't want to misrepresent what who they are, what they're doing. But I will say where I see a huge opportunity in that is in the, the whole uh, grocery uh, food space. You know, I think we, uh, there was, a, I don't know if anyone watched 60 Minutes uh, the other day, but it's all, you know, the horrible uh, plastic situation we have throughout the world that you know the, yeah, the yeah. big uh, you know in, in the pacific ocean we have a <laughs> we have a trash dump bigger than texas uh right now and if you go to uh malaysia and you go to um you know laos and you go to you know burma you go to all these countries and there's just rivers rivers of plastic they have no way of of, of getting anywhere and I, I you know i feel like that industry could do a lot more to put pressure on their um you know, on their supply chain uh, to stop using plastic and, and to use, or if you are using plastic, then it's, it's a hundred, you know, you're using hundred uh, percent post-consumer uh, waste products or using compostable products. I mean, we've been very proactive with that in the festival world. I mean, we've, mm-hmm. you know, we've cut out, you know, single use plastic and we've cut out um, so many, uh, you know, we're pretty far advanced and, you know, requiring our vendors, you know, to use, uh, compostable products. Um, I feel like you know the grocery space needs to be disrupted in that way because 
and it's something that they have to lead. And, and you know, my wife and I are going to do an experiment next year. Where you know, we're gonna, it's like my plastic-free life. Like we're going to try to, you know, see if we can go week, month, several months, you know, without buying plastic. Um, you know, to see how difficult that is. But that's a, that's an example of of something that I'm seeing right now. That you know, I'm not seeing anybody lead that right now. You know, even the most conscientious health, you know, non-GMO chains that will remain unnamed, I, I don't see them do, putting that pressure on, and I think they need to. Dude, that's incredible. I could not imagine. Are you talking about not using any implements with plastic? Correct, yeah. So Some people have done There's a book out there. There's a book out there of a woman who did this uh, several years ago. So there is ways to do it, and, and it's it, you got to get creative. I mean, we were looking at um, – you know, plastics everywhere, but we were looking at like laundry detergents or days. Like, how how the hell do you get away from plastic and yeah. that? And sure enough, my wife found a Canadian company that sells like these strips, these like detergent strips that don't come in plastic. So, there there's ways to do it. I think if you, if there's a will, there's a way, and and there's people definitely doing that. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into it next year. Just forty seven dollars a load. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I mean, I, I don't know. I might, I might be asking a stupid question here. What about your computers? That's a great point. So Ooh. I thought about. I just bought a new computer on Saturday. First thing I noticed when I opened it up was that big sheet of plastic. You know, that big film that went over the uh-huh. the front and the back of it. First well, I mean, most I cases. About, in most cases, yeah. Yeah, and Apple's been criticized for that too, and also where they're manufacturing yeah, the computers and in, in, in the working conditions that those computers are made in, and everything else. Suicide rate uh, of factories. It's, you know, it is funny to me that you know, I, so I bought a new computer and new phone, and they were pretty much the same price. Um, does <laughs> yeah. that you know what what is up you know, how is the phone the same price as the? I don't know. Well, the <laughs> co- the computer would probably be more, but. You're giving Barely. them your data, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's a trade-off. Okay, you're, there you yeah, go. The yeah, location yeah. data for your mm-hmm. for yours, yep. you know, position in it. life. I you know, it. I well, well, I on got the it. open market, what would J.K. McKnight's data go for? Gosh, <laughs> I mean, you know, what five cents a record? Five sure, it's all been sold multiple. Yeah. It's a, it's a multiple. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to give it away at the end of this <laughs> podcast because, like, like we said, I mean, people are going to need to fact check you, and they're going to need to contact you directly. That's true. Check out Toro.com <laughs> for Chicken McKnight's home address. Flash sale. <laughs> so what are some tips that you can provide businesses that legitimately em- legitimately employ sustainable practices in their day-to-day operations to help bring this to the forefront of their persona? You know, it's it's one of those things that's like if I empty the dishwasher mm-hmm. and my wife doesn't see it, I didn't really empty the dishwasher. Right. Dude, he right. can't give away the golden goose. Yeah, see, the best thing is just to call me, and then I can just, Ooh, you know, word. I can just show them the way <laughs> rather than spill it all out on, you know, El Toro's <laughs> podcast he in, said, in exchange he said, for man, a I'll, glass of stag over here. Screw you, stag. Like, I've done this my whole life. <laughs> it's time to cash in. <laughs> here's, here's, so here, here's, how I'll, here's how I'll answer that uh, seriously. <laughs> um, I, I think the the let's just talk the first like baby steps, and I think the first baby step is, is for first off a, a brand to understand who they are and, and and what they are and what their purpose is. Make money. 
and uh, it's that's a horrible reason. It, I know, I it, know. It's, it's not a horrible, re- I mean, you know, providing money for your family, for yourself, for your community. I mean, let's see, you know, without without entrepreneurs, without businesses, we would have we'd have nothing. I mean, it's you know, businesses build communities and provide tax revenues, provide city services, provide neighborhoods, right? I mean, it's, it's just it's the, the center of everything, which is why I've been. You know, so in deep in the in private sector for as long as I have, because I really I, I know I know the power of what business can do, uh, especially when it's doing it for the right reasons. Um, but for brands out there again that have a really strong brand identity, you know, let's start there because not a lot of them do. They can really look inward to themselves, and, and I think sometimes it does take a third party to come in and, and see see what they don't see. When you're a young entrepreneur, you're starting a business. Uh, you know, you're very much in head down mode. You're very much in execution mode all the time. Very much in survival mode a yeah, lot no, of times. No time for overuse. So there's just not, you know, it, and and that's why there's a, there's an opening for me to come in and do this agency because I'm able to see who they are, what they are from from an outsider's perspective, and and start helping them put the pieces together on on what they can do. But I, I do think it can start very young in, in a company. I think the younger it starts, I think the better because you're, then you're then you can build your your business around that. It can become part of your DNA um, versus something that comes in later and you have to adapt and, and adjust to it. So it, it sounds like that's that's mainly it's like starting. You know, I keep I don't know if you <laughs> about football games, but it's like it's like you know starting the game. You know, it, it, first quarter in there versus like. You know, trying to come in late on the third when the score is already you know fifty four to mm-hmm. seven, or it's mm-hmm. just it, that that's challenging. You got to really be creative and innovative, adapt, and, and it's it's not you know typically you lose the game. What about the nonprofit side that yeah. that they don't realize that when they get this five hundred one c three that the money's not just going to flow in the doors because mm-hmm. they people can give tax write offs mm-hmm. and people are just, you know they're not just going to hand you their money <laughs> yeah. without a traditional product or service that it has to do better than a normal business to gain patrons. Correct. So that's a great question. So that is where also my experience in the nonprofit world w- was very unique in that. You know, Forecastle Foundation predominantly uh, makes its money off of the brand partnerships that I engineer. Um, you know, we have never had a, a large quantity of um, of donors. You know, which for most nonprofits, that's seventy plus percent of oh, their yeah. their revenue. Yeah. And I, and that was just because that's where my experience came from. I, my experience came from my relationships were working with brands. You know, so I. I Engineered two dozen uh, partnerships, you know, inside Forecastle Festival that all benefit the foundation. A lot of them are completely unseen, uh, but they're there and they're they're meaningful. Um, so I think for brands, it, it's a totally new vertical. I mean, for I'm sorry, for nonprofits, it's, it's a it's a complete new vertical. I mean, they're they're not used to partnering with corporations and having you know these great give back programs and experiential marketing platforms where where everyone uh, benefits substantially off each other's uh, network and, and knowledge so you know that's that's where I can come into any nonprofit and, and really help them see that because they don't know that landscape you know a lot of them in their mind are okay let's go let's go find donors you know that's yeah. that's and I get approached now by a lot of nonprofits and like well we need help with donor strategy it's like that's it's actually not me you know i'm <laughs> i'm I'm on the other side of it a place that not a lot of people you know not a lot of people have have transversed 
or transversed well. That's probably the only sustainable way in, in nonprofits, honestly, because sometimes you have large donors. Large donors make a big portion of it, but also there's grants, and the, the least sexy thing on a grant form is operating funds. Totally. It's like you can't get money for that. You just can't. Yeah. You, you have to provide something. Yeah. And you just you just spiraled like a variety of questions that just came into my head uh, with respect <laughs> to how to structure deals in that regard where you have somebody that's wanting to work with you for product placement at a specific venue. And how do you structure that deal to not only place product, not only drive profit, but mm-hmm. to also promote that sustainable and ecologically conscious you know mentality so that that last part is actually one of the biggest is is the marketing side of it you know so again the the monetary side is is one thing but where the corporate partnerships can be so much more dynamic is because you have that layer of promotion and marketing that doesn't exist when you have the the private donors Um, and often you know that can be a lot more impactful i mean think about it i mean that that can help bring on you know new legions of volunteers, new board members, new executive directors, new stakeholders in your organization. So uh, the right company and, and the right program um, on the right platform, you know, c- can really elevate a, a nonprofit. I mean, it's a platform to provide new blood into what is traditionally just a crusty old people, you know, That's I'm correct. rich and I've been here for 30 years kind of thing. That's correct. That's exactly right. Speaking of old people, only at El Toro. <laughs> Marty, the residential old person that does politics or some, some shit. I don't even know what he does. He sits by me every day. But he just walked, walked, walked with a gaggle. I guess a gaggle of Gag- old people. Gaggle they of all people. flicked me off. <laughs> Those old people got where's, bad attitudes, Where's that man. happening? Yeah. Stadler almost fought a senior citizen at Costco the other day. Oh, really? Listen, man. I, There's he, video of this? He just, he just, he just grinded <laughs> my gears in the wrong fashion. And I'll tell the story later. But, I have a feeling it doesn't take a lot to grind your gears I, on it, some It days. really does. And I, I, am, I am generally the most respectful individual to senior citizens that you will ever meet. But this situation... Until the Stag Jr. comes in. Until oh, the Stag Jr. Junior comes and, into play, and then it's fighting time. Don't drink in Costco, listeners. It's funny. I know so many people who can drink uh, just about any other type of spirit, but for some reason, when they have bourbon, they just, uh, you know, it just they let loose. You're about to see the fighting side of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the first the first time we did the Bourbon Lodge, uh, you know, it was like a thirty by thirty tent, and you know, we totally understaffed it because a lot of brands told me that was not going to work. It was too hot to drink <laughs> bourbon, and no one was going to go in there and do it. Uh, yeah, Listen, I mean, JK, yeah, you don't know a, what you're doing. Yeah, now it's a 15,000 square foot, you know, turn of the century. Rick Bur- bourbon is cold weather booze. <laughs> yeah. Bourbon is yeah. cold weather booze. Right. We've been right, doing right, this right. for centuries. <laughs> and uh, there's a great story. So my, my my brother-in-law got got recruited to actually be like security over the tent. And he didn't have a, we didn't give him a radio. We didn't get he didn't have a staff. <laughs> he didn't have anything. Hand this man. So he actually got he actually bumped into someone actually and like got some of the bourbon poured on him. And the guy had obviously had you know was quite inebriated and started demanding. My brother-in-law, who was like six five and two sixty, demanded that he buy him another drink. And I was like, no, no, sorry, man, I got to run, do this, blah blah blah. And actually got uh, it, it got to be into a little bit of a shouting match inside there and until my, awesome. until like my five foot eight stocky irish dad uh walked in who actually is a security 
person at Ford Castle <laughs> helps run that operation. Family operation. Uh, and grabbed the guy and pinned him up against the wall and said, uh, uh, said, uh, <laughs> give me a reason. <laughs> give me a reason. You're either getting out of here right now or you're going to jail, you know. You're, you're going out of here and cuffs dragged by your feet with a freaking uh, zip tie strapped around your back holding your hands <laughs> did you just get we scared austin because we, we i just peed my pants yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry we don't use brutal torture uh in our you know irrigation oh, that, methods at our festivals but uh anyway it was a fun yeah so we call, we call him kelly give me a reason mcknight we have a t-shirt now we actually made for him called kelly give me a reason mcknight I don't actually know where this story is going. Um, <laughs> no, I don't awesome. remember where it started. <laughs> it went and it's oh, great. So where did it start? It started about five. Oh yeah, so yeah, we had we had one security person, and then uh, we realized after that that all of a sudden we needed like fifteen security people in there at all times, and that's actually to this day we have a lot of security because it you know certain people. I mean, let's let's have yeah. a contained area. Give me no, a let's say a fence. Let's say let's build a wall. Let's build a wall. Let's, let's Indiana pay for it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let's, let's gotcha. Definitely the sunny side of of Kentuckyana gotcha. yeah. bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> but but yeah, build this wall. Fill it full of bourbon and people. What's gonna go wrong? Nah, it's a great nothing. social experiment. <laughs> Until Kelly, give me a reason. Give me a reason. McKnight. <laughs> steps into the door. And the then, way you tell that then, story, man, it's such a it's such a I'm not, I'm, nonchalant delivery. It is and, non I'm, and I'm, I'm sure I'm that was a heated dramatic. altercation. See, I'm too laid back with having had all this stag junior. It has the opposite it, you know Could I get you some more has stag the opposite junior? effect <laughs> on me. It's a sedative. You know, if I had something else then yeah, I would be much more dramatic and I would tell that story a lot better. But it was uh you know, that was a very uh, that was a fun moment that we talked about a lot. Are you saying you don't table. want to fight right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like if anybody ever made JK McKnight fight I, they would fight. just have, they would have to be absolutely evil, I'm pretty I sure. Fight with my mind. Ooh. Intellectual fight. Getting deep. Oh yeah, man, if we're getting if we're getting psychological. Mind. Yeah. I've heard uh, so Sigmund Freud. This is this is coming from a, another Irishman, Marty Meyer. I mentioned him earlier. Oh yeah, he mentioned that uh, psychoanalysis is is of no use on on the Irish. True, but we got to dig a little deep. Jim James, mm-hmm. he didn't give you a quote on your website, but there's a big mm-hmm. old picture, and there's yep. another my morning jacket. There quote is. on there. There is. What's going on? We need some clickbait here. Well, What's going so, on between you and Jim James? So. You know, it it just didn't. Uh, I needed consistency there, and you know, I didn't. If I had multiple my morning jack quotes, well, then maybe it's tilted more towards music, and you know, I don't want this to be about music. So was was his quote bad? Impact and uh, yeah, I'm just dodging the question. <laughs> 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 I don't the know, art of impact. We can t- we can take that out too. Manofland.org. Uh, I, all right, I got I got a question, and I mean I know we're running short on time here, but I, I mean I kind of like picking your brain a little bit on these things. Sure. You're a cool fucking dude, man. In, no. in any reason we can get you to stay longer, we're gonna. I, I Are mean, you saying I'm gonna be in here for a third time? And and 
we're gonna break the hey, hey. That would be uncharted water. We, we didn't right get here, to right? break the news this time. A little Jeffrey <laughs> yeah, Lee Puckett was, action yeah, happened. Jeffrey Lee stole your thunder. You all had it, but you know, you, you David delayed it like three yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, he so did. Like, just you know, you're talking about me. Yeah, <laughs> I delayed it. This he jet setter it, over yeah. here. I oh, can't make it. I'm in, in. I'm in NYC. We had we had shit going on. He didn't, he didn't even spell out New York City. He, NYC. <laughs> I think this. Where's is the this salsa from? New York City. So much, you know what I did with that time? Something. What did you do? Marginally valuable. I don't what fucking you? know. I probably drank some bourbon. Uh, yeah. Oh, the right shit now. going on is right now. <laughs> this, this, this the shit, going, the shit on. going on. This shit is. Happening. Is the art of impact. That is right. <laughs> art or science? Right. It's it's. There's no science involved. It's completely art. Completely art and some science. Science sprinkled in, but it's mainly art. So how do you vet people? And make sure they're not trying to like greenwash some shit, and you know, I mean, because you got to you got to preserve your brand in this no, process it's a great, too. It's a, it's a great I, question. I mean, in fact, I remember so when, when I posted all this, there was like a th- you know a ton, hundreds of comments, and like they were all kind of universally great. But there was one person who asked that question, who asked, you know, how do I know this just isn't uh, a PR vehicle, you know, for brands who don't want to do the work <laughs> but want to get all the benefit. <laughs> I told him it was a great question because it's, uh, you know, when I talk, I've talked a lot about how you can do it wrong. And a lot of brands do it wrong by that, you know, by focusing on strictly on the best way to get the best PR, the fastest and cheapest. Um, And, you know, the truth of the matter is it doesn't work. You know, it just doesn't work because people see through it and you can't fake authenticity. And, you know, it's just that the younger consumer base um looks at this you know looks at these brands and 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 looks at them with a much sharper more critical eye than what they're used to uh, and i think that's where you you can you, you have this discrepancy with a lot of companies are that are led by old you know i don't want to put an age thing on it but are, are, are they're just in a different generation and that a generation they're, they're separated by generations you know uh to that younger audience and they just don't know um how to do it um and, and you know it's got to be the right partnership it's got to be right the program the right platform it's got to be delivered the right way um it, it's an art there's a whole you know there, there's a whole um gamut of methodology by which you have to abide by in my opinion to do it right an older company with an older demographic they can't do this i mean they, not saying they, they can't do it i'm just saying they often struggle to do it because it's not natural to them, you know. Whereas a younger company like Casey, like Toadfish, it's just much more natural. And and that makes sense because a lot of the issues that that we're dealing with today, whether it be on environmental or be social issues, or um, you know disparities between rich and poor, and and all all the things that are that are out there, you know, th- those are a lot more at the forefront these days, you know, because of because of the media that, you know, how we consume media uh, versus, you know, a lot of the older generations, it, it just simply wasn't. So I think there's just, there's a challenge there um, to be able to, to do it effectively. So you're not, you're, you're saying you're not going to take on Fox News. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not taking on anyone, but it's, that would, you know, there's, um, if, if you that could, would be more of a challenge, yeah. It would if be, you it could help anybody, who needs the most help right now? Great question. Mm. I think the, I think the I think a lot of the energy I think the the energy sector I think oil 
um, even natural gas fracking. I think, I think a lot of those. I think a lot of that industry um, could use a facelift. You know, I, I th- I, more than I mean, socially stuff. conscious <laughs> fracking. I mean, BP's logo right. is green. Uh, Sorry, that's Pennsylvania. True. <laughs> that's true. ExxonMobil, BP, A, yeah. free. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of those companies just look at themselves as a, as a necessary utility. Same with healthcare, actually. Um, and, and they don't. Dirty word. Yeah. Dirty word. Elder care. Everything has to be sterilized, man. I don't know. I think there's, you know, there's definitely some giants out there that um, would benefit from being a big business that thinks more like a small business. Nestle. There you go. <laughs> I feel enlightened. I see the lights. I really there. do. And, and the, the funny thing is, you know, I was before this podcast, before we were kind of getting ready to lay down tracks here, I, I, I had we I got. Dude, I've got pages of additional questions here in front of me, and I we literally keep going on this, but I don't think we have the time. I got a baby no, to get home to. Hear this. I want to go. Jk, home he's too. a busy man, dude. Jk, I mean, this room. I'm a man the, of the land. I got to. I got oh, to get back to the land, man. This studio is hot, and Jk's sitting here in a beanie right now. I mean, <laughs> we are getting ready to start. He looks pretty sweat, fucking cool, though. Bro. He's got a Patagonia Old Forester set up. Oh dude, man, you got I mean, no people he, that no people that no people. He gets I the freshest it. garb. I'm outfitted. I mean, he's getting courted yes. by 350 brands right now. 350. I wouldn't be here if I was him. I mean, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming and drinking bourbon with us. Um, I mean, dude, you're always welcome back here at our crib. I've seen your bourbon collection. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) We've gotten some. We've gotten some additional cool stuff here recently, so we'll keep you posted. Never fails. Let's talk about this PBR case study next time, and why why my grandpa has a bone to pick with you. Yeah, dig in. That's that's serious shit, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, his grandfather was not paying. $7 $7 a 12 pack for beer mm. until you came around. When you go from PBR to Milwaukee's Best, light. Shit's gone wrong. Oh man, it's like going from Stag Junior or Stag Senior to, you know, 8 Star. Just eight ooh. Star. Is that it? It's 8 Star really a bird? Oh yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah. You don't want to go there. No, man. I, I mean, the, the, I've been to places you haven't been, Stab. The bottoms of the bottom is like Kentucky Gentleman, man. That's college shit. Oh, yeah, that's bad, too. Ooh. Kentucky Tavern. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, dude. JK, man, thank you for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate your time. And as we drink more bourbon, we kind of go farther off topic. But, dude. There's nobody in this city I'd rather do it than do it with than you. What, the, what did you second. just say? Fucking what phrasing, Stadler. <laughs> I mean, that's Explicit. Okay. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm done here. You've been listening to the Straight from the Bull podcast from El Toro Studios, brought to you by ElToro.com, where we target people, not pixels. There's nobody I'd rather do it with than you, Jesus, Stadler.